This week on The Uncommon Truth, we're going to be talking about Jesus' standard of holiness and what that means for us as Christians as we try to follow him. Stick with us. You're listening to The Uncommon Truth, a podcast produced by the Father's House Church of Oroville, where we discuss Christianity the way Jesus meant it to be. The Uncommon Truth is available anywhere podcasts can be found, so make sure you subscribe, leave a rating or a review, and let us know what you think so that more people can get involved with the conversation about Christianity the way Jesus meant it to be. Welcome to The Uncommon Truth. My name is Max Ehrman. I'm your host, and I'm here with Stephen Vicky Orsillo. Hello. And this is the first time we're coming to people over the radio, radio. and online at 24-7 AM FM. Actually, wow. I think it's AM FM 24-7. AM FM 24-7. So Welcome. Le- legend Welcome. has it we're reaching about 70 to 80,000 people online and maybe a bunch more just via the, the different yeah just different radio stations wow. on the network so we're really glad to be with you guys i thought i'd take a second and introduce you guys a little bit and ask you a little bit about yourself so you guys are the senior pastors at the father's house church in oroville california That's tell right. us tell us something quick about oroville where, where is oroville is it just how you would imagine well, We're California? 70 miles northeast of uh, Sacramento. I think by now everyone California. knows where Oroville is, right? It's that city <laughs> that's been on the news for the last three years, burning constantly. Burning, There's flooding. forest fires Paradise. everywhere that have not hit the town. The Those dam that almost all burst. Around us. Dam that overflowed and almost burst and went over the top and almost eroded. Mm-hmm. The spillway that broke and almost drilled a hole through the dam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those those kind of things, you know. Okay. Two years prior to that, a U-2 plane fell on Oroville. Oh, I didn't know that one. Sky, landed yeah. in the middle. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 Where did that land? Landed over there by Home Depot. Oh. Yeah, fell right up, just blew up in the air and fell on the, the what was then the newspaper. Wasn't it, they didn't even realize there was, they, 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 before that happened, they were denying there was U-2 spy yeah. planes. There <laughs> spy are no plane. U-2 spy planes. Bam. <laughs> oh, well, can't deny it now. Okay. Not anymore. Yeah. So no, Oroville's okay. a wonderful so that's Oroville. What about 30,000 people? 30. Yeah. With the outline area, 40. With, the, with the outline, we're in the third. The whole metropolitan area, okay, is and around you, forty. You guys founded the Father's House Church, and it's in Southside, Oroville. Vicky, tell me a little bit about Southside. Southside is the um, is a place when we started in 1997, 98, that no one would ever. Um, intentionally go to unless you were looking for drugs or you know um, honestly it was a very very um, uh, what's it called underprivileged area um, when we started uh, when the Lord called us here uh, in 1998 it was it was um, no one chose I don't believe to be in South Oroville Mm. so we started that's where the Lord called us to start our church okay cool and uh, how long you guys been married how'd you meet I met him. No, I had a 41, candy store. 40, uh, 41 years we've been married, but that was in 1979. But in 1972, Vicki was visiting her cousins in Las Vegas at the Air Force Base. My, uh, the, her uncle was in the uh, Air Force, and my sister was getting married up in Northern California, and we are the cousins to oh, that boy. family on the other side. So okay. Vicki and I are on the opposite sides of a set of cousins. So she was visiting her cousins. They came to their cousin's wedding, and she got out of the car, and there we were. I was at my house, and so Vicky is my cousin's cousin, 
and we got to know Steve each other. Steve is my cousin's cousin. And we started Great. reading. We started writing to each other. She lived in Chicago. I lived we were in fifteen Sac- or I lived sixteen. In or- uh, Roseville. Okay. And one thing led to another until we got married in nineteen seventy-nine. Yeah, All and I right. think when he saw me, he just knew it was over for him. Yeah, I thought I'm doomed. Yeah, she went to get my driver's license. I turned 16 I know, the next day, and she went and got my driver's license. So, how me. many years then would we be to get, known each other? Then that would be f- 72. We have be 48, 48 years. 48, 48 years wow. on August 12th. I've known of Steve Orsillo. Yeah, that's great. I always wanted to marry Steve Orsillo. Yeah. You, you always did. 48 years. It's, you know, yeah. I'm only 50, so all my life. <laughs> what are you laughing? About? Yeah, no. She, yeah, she was She's really bad for 50. <laughs> Do the math. For those of you listening on the the radio, we are also on YouTube. You can That's go right. uh, I'll put that uh well, I I always say I'll put the description, I'll put the links, but if you're listening on radio, you can't just click links, huh? No. I'll have to awesome. change how I talk. I will uh I'll tell you about the YouTube a little bit later. Um but we we've had this podcast going for a little bit over a year and this is episode 70. Wow. We just had our best Your month age. ever. <laughs> we just had our best month ever, not quite his age. Fact Almost. checker. We do have oh, a fact checker most. who can can check us out. From England. But, yeah. Um those are real handy. Go ahead, best episode, go ahead, go ahead. episode 70 and we just had our best month ever. We had over 1300 people listening in one week. Wow. And uh I'm guessing we're going to go up if we have all all you folks listening. Welcome. I'm so glad AMFM that you guys are listening. 24/7. So awesome. really glad to have you guys. Yeah. And uh if you could summarize what the uncommon truth is just in a couple of sentences, what is the uncommon truth podcast? Um if, uh, for, it's in my opinion, it's just listen to Jesus, read Jesus, and do Jesus. Um, don't give excuse excuses for not understanding what Jesus says and then living it. So um, that's what I would say. What would you say? I would say it really reveals more how um, the your your life, the life you have, is a, a, an example of and demonstration of uh, the words of Jesus being lived out. I think. Okay. That, well, it's the way the church we feel the the way Jesus intended the church to be. There you go. And it's we hit these subjects and talk about it. And quite frankly, quite often we expose maybe some wrong ways, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we illuminate some right ways, and explain quite a few different questions. We explain the answers to many questions. I th- and we invite everybody who disagrees with us to just go and sh- you know study, find out if we're right or wrong. And I think also it's it's if you have been a Christian for any amount of time, some of the questions that you've asked us is Christianity conditional or unconditional? Yep. Um, you know, if God your Father. Um, some of the tough questions that you've asked us, I think, will could cause a lot of um, checking to see you know what you believe um, because we've been Christian. Steve's been Christian almost forty six years. I've been Christian forty one years. And so we've been around around the Christian block a bit, seen a lot of different fads and stuff. So just um, some of the, the the interviews that we've had in the seventy episodes, I think, are, are really um, thought provoking. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So the the motto of the Uncommon Truth is in search of Christianity the way Jesus meant it to be, and it comes a little bit because I, I visited the Father's House Church uh, a few years ago when some of our our family members got married, so um, our friends who are pastors here, worship pastors here, um, it's actually my wife's cousin, she got married to a young man, and they were, they were getting married, my wife was in the wedding party, 
and right. we, we came down and I thought I was going to have my California vacation and California I had no idea what dreaming. Orville was like. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got our rental car. I thought it was going to be a, a cool little sports car that I was going to drive up and down the, uh, the number one highway <laughs> up and down the coast. And I got a little uh, hatchback with manual locking doors because they ran out of the, the Mustangs and stuff. So you and, knew you were destined to Orville at that moment. And so the, no, we po- pulled into Orville and we couldn't find the church in Southside. And there was a man that I've told this before on the podcast, <laughs> a man riding a bike with no tires gave us directions. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, what's that noise? Oh, we're not in Kansas anymore, Dorothy. <laughs> yeah, the guy just riding up. <laughs> oh, the, the father's house? Remarkable. Yeah, it's over that way. Yep. He was very helpful. But that's how we did. Got he know here. where the father's house was? Yeah, yeah oh, of good. course he did. And Did he just uh, say that? <laughs> yeah. Stop laughing at me. So uh, that was our first wow. first time here, and and uh, we actually those sort of conversations took place. We stayed for church on Sunday after the wedding, and it was a great sermon, and it made me think, oh, I want to go listen to Steve's other sermons and and some of the other pastors that were speaking, and I did that, and we found ourselves here a couple years later. So grateful. And so when I got here, I thought, I want to have even more of those conversations for people who aren't here, or uh, maybe just people who are wondering, man, I thought there is maybe something a little bit more to Christianity when I signed up for it, and uh, and I want to kind of uh, explore what Christianity is all about, and so that's what we're doing. We're exploring Christianity the way Jesus meant it to be, and you guys are our experts. So <laughs> today, uh, today we're going to be talking a little bit about Christian holiness, yeah. and because it's the uncommon truth, and we cover things that I don't really hear other people talk about too often, um, it's, it's something that is kind of uncommon, talking about holiness in the church. Um, for, for people hearing us for the first time on the radio, we talk about Jesus a lot. Um, and one of the things that Jesus is really into is holiness. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can't read him without thinking, okay, he actually cares right. what I do with my life and how I present myself that, and how he? I act, right? And he says, be perfect be as your as your Father in heaven is perfect, right? Be holy. And uh, it just seems to be one of those things that we glance past when we're reading the Bible, and we might read something about it, and it doesn't compute because we know, well, I'm not perfect or holy, but how do I actually, how do I get there? Um, and, and it takes a lot of effort to, to find the answer or to have a worldview that makes sense of that. So you just glance over mm-hmm. it, right? Um, but what are, we, what are we talking about in the church nowadays? When we're talking about holiness, what, what do people mean? What's, what's the general consensus of holiness in, in the church? The general consensus or the majority consensus is that how Jesus lived, that's holiness. And he did it for you so you don't have to. Oh, wow. Mm. And I got to tell you that nothing could be further from the truth. Holiness is a word that's very difficult to explain just cold turkey like this. So if you took a definition of terms, you would more look at fruit in a man's life or a Christianity that works. Hmm. So the whole world finds it extremely easy in movies, plays, uh, books, writings, novels, TV series, you know, they find it very easy to demonstrate a Christianity that doesn't work because that's what they've seen people living. Wow. They mock it. They act as though it's silly or that's the type of person who would be like that and be a mm-hmm. Christian. And now in politics, it's actually painted as a bad thing. Yeah. And so that is mostly because we have not lived holy and we have not put ourselves in a position 
with an ungrieved Holy Spirit, with a friend and father making their home in us. We claim a Christianity that doesn't have that benefit, doesn't have the fruit. Jesus said, you know a tree by its fruit. No good tree bears bad fruit. No bad tree bears good fruit. Um, what is it? Uh, there's so many others that just aren't popping out for me right now. But there's, it's just real clear that a Christianity, when you say, I have Jesus living in my heart, I have given myself to the Lord. There's another definition in terms. Very few people are preaching, give your life to him. Mm. They're preaching, bring him into your life. He'll bless you. He'll love you. He'll take Just care of you. Just add a little bit of Jesus. Yeah, and they call that. The so, so because Jesus was holy and he's done everything, the work is done. He said it's finished. So there's nothing left for me to do. Mm. And so that's an unholiness. And so that creates a Christianity that has so many black eyes, so many leaders who fail, so many people who are just flat hurt by the church. I mean, wounded to the point of death, the soul pain from the woundings of the church and of Christians. That is not a Christianity that works. What is a Christianity that works is one that is attempting to be perfect as our Father in heaven is perfect or holy as our heaven, Heavenly Father is holy. Mm -hmm. That sees, he says, what you see in me, do these things. Imitate. imitate these things. And then the apostle says, imitate me as I imitate him. You know, let's learn together how to be like him. So the answer of what is holiness, it is the life of Jesus. And it is ours as a gift that the Father will look at us and see us as perfect, which that's holiness. If we give our life to him, to serve him, to serve. And when he says serve him, he means serve everybody around you that's not even worthy to be served. He says, you want to be great in the kingdom. You want to be great uh, in this truth. Learn to serve all. You want to be a sheep that is given its reward. Then be one who serves the least of these. And it's, it's demonstrated the fruit that grows on that tree of holiness will be very visible, very easy to see. Paul talks, Paul in, and the writer of Hebrews both talk about um, very clearly how sin affects the Christian life, how a lack of holiness affects the Christian life. Hmm. John the Apostle says, You're a liar and the truth is not in you. If you continue to sin after encountering grace willfully, then you're, you're, a, you're a liar and the truth is not in you. Now, that very same Apostle John said, if we sin, so if we do make a mistake, we're not hopeless. We don't lose our place. It's not like, you know, you're in heaven, you're out of heaven. You're in heaven, you're out of heaven. It's, it's like you have given yourself to him. He lives in your heart. And the fruit of your life is that you demonstrate his love to the world and his perfection to the world. You don't make them not believe in him because they got to know you. Mm. They get to know you. They learn to believe in him because mm. the fruit growing on your tree mm. is so sweet and good. You have what they want. You know, you can have your house burned down and not be devastated. And you that can happened have, to you guys. And you can have your granddaughter listeners. die a slow, long, long, slow death. And you cry and you weep, but you stand strong in your faith mm -hmm. and you declare his goodness. And the fruit growing on your tree is one of loving others. And you don't stop loving others because you say, I'm sorry, I can't love you today. I have to, I have to take a vacation from loving my neighbor because my granddaughter's sick. And I'm not, you know, I, everybody cut me some slack because I've gone through hard things. And I think that the demonstration ah, of a Christianity that works is one that hard things hurt, make you cry, but they don't damage your faith or cause you to sin.
And that's what the apostles have all been trying to tell us in all of the epistles and all of the writings, that the purpose when God comes into your life and forgives you of your sin, it is intended that you intend to not sin and to intend to live holy and pious and righteous, not trying to act like the world so they can hear the gospel, but instead trying to act like God so that they yearn for him and want to come to him, not me. When I lead someone to Jesus, I don't lead them to me. I lead them to him. And if they can meet him and get to know him, oh, my goodness, there's there's a there's another person who's going to start to reap the benefits. The fruit growing on their tree is going to be peace and patience, kindness, goodness, love, self-control, all of the above, on and on, so much more. And, and, and they will come back and tell you, my life's the best it's ever been. This is so good. And that's what holiness is. And I'm sorry it wasn't just an easy answer. It's not. It's based on these, the, how you define the terms of does your Christianity work to bring you peace in the days of trouble? Joy. Does it mm-hmm. bring you to the point where you forgive people who literally crushed you? People who, I mean, I got people here in my church that have been literally crushed. Vicki and I have asked, how is that person not a serial killer? Mm-hmm. How do they not hate every human alive after the life they've lived? And yet, if they will give their life to Jesus, not try to bring Jesus into their life, but give their life to him, he will come into their life and they will they will see this Christianity that works is a holiness movement. His presence is holy. It says God is holy. And so if he lives in me, then I am holy and do not grieve the spirit. Therefore, I have a responsibility to not bring him to an unholy place. Good. Paul, the apostle, said that if I sin wantingly, if I do what I do not want to, he actually says there is no forgiveness for me. Mm. But if I do what I don't want to do, and, and I'm trying hard, I don't want to do it, I don't want to do it, oh, crud, I did it again. You know, oh, I, I, I gave, you know, I'm so sorry. And you have a, you have a true repentance of, I, didn't, I don't want to lose my temper. I don't want to lust. I just, I got carried away. I'm so sorry. And you feel the grief of it. He says, there's always forgiveness for you. And John says, he is faithful and just to forgive us. And both of them said, You've lost your mind if you think you can just sin and be unholy mm, and that good. his holiness will cover you, that yeah. that's the definition of holiness, how he lived. It's how he lived given to you so that you now have the power. I didn't have any power to live holy. He came and filled me, and now I have the power. to Listen to what Paul said about this. He said, you cannot use the excuse that the devil overtook you. That's right. The devil made me do it. Yeah. There mm. is no temptation Born that has overcome you except which is common to man. Everybody has these temptations, and not one of them overcame you. And Jesus had those temptations, too. That's right. And you gave in to those temptations because you chose the the desires of your flesh over the calling of God. And he made it real clear that nothing has overcome you. You have given in to it. And I had no power not to give in to it, but the Holy Spirit did. And And even after becoming a Christian, I didn't learn how to plug into that right away. Mm-hmm. Until one day he taught me, your actions, you say you love me all the time. You sing, you raise your hands, you're the most passionate person that says you love me, but your actions don't love me. Mm-hmm. Well, it, that's, it, a, that's a good point because I think uh, one of the things that helps me think about holiness is the reasons why we're holy. And one of those is, well, because what, what Jesus has done for me. And so holiness holy living for me is actually a response to what he's done for me right right have you am i off the mark with that one or 
Well, I think for me, for me, I think is really important is this deliberate sin versus the accidental sin. And I think that's what Steve was saying mm. is lots of times Christians will just deliberately sin thinking that um, he's got their back because he, because 40 years ago I asked Jesus into my life. And as I read and what Steve was saying is that um, should we go on sin, sinning heavens? No, we should be holy as he is holy. We should endeavor to live a holiness with fruit that bear, that live a life that people can see that you, who you who you example who you live mm-hmm. who you love it's Jesus and and people say there's just something different about you you're happy in the midst of a house burning down or your, your granddaughter with leukemia um, because the rain falls on the un, the just and the unjust but oftentimes in our Christianity as we see around the around us and even us it, you know it's like deliberate sin accidental sin. Mm-hmm. And so it, having Jesus does not give you liberty to go ahead and give into everything that you want to do, drug, sex, rock and roll, you know, no. Yeah. That is, that's what actually um, was a Paul was talking about. If you think that, you know, you, 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 you do this, you, you're actually mocking, mocking his, his crucifixion. Should we crucify Jesus again? I think not. So yeah. holiness, as I read the New Testament, and it's, it's like aiming at the mark of Jesus Christ— and always shooting at the holiness, the holiness um, bullseye. But every now and then, you miss. Yep. But you're still trying to shoot at with the, every at, intention. Correct. Of, of hitting the mark. Correct. And so I think I think it's, don't you think, Steve? It's really deliberate sin and accidental sin is so important in yeah. the way you live. Yeah. And the, and not giving the excuse of just well I'm I, I'm human. Mm-hmm. I'm I, I'm human, aren't I? I have needs. I have biological needs that I must take, and he'll understand. I don't think you mean accidental. You mean undeliberate, like yeah. overcome. Yeah. Like yeah. giving in. Giving in. Just oh. like I want to have, yeah. I want to have sex, so I'm going to go do it, and then mm-hmm. the Lord will forgive me. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. that's yeah. deliberate. That's yeah. deliberate. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's a great question. I think holiness. I try. T- I try to live holy like He's holy. It's important that you know that's yeah. that's the mark. I, I want to. I want the mark to be Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we, and we will fall short. Of course. Of that. That's, what the, that's what grace is about. I will fall short. Absolutely. Just in my speech and things I watch, I am I live in a world totally different than he lived in. But that's what we're talking about. The dirt that gets on us as we attempt and intend right. to live his holiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are what are automatic. That's the automatic forgiveness. Yeah. But any intention... To sin, there is no forgiveness for that. Paul said that in Romans six, is it or I seven? Just, I just read it this just morning. Six, I think. Yeah, yeah. It, it's so I, good. I think I I think we get confused when we when we see Jesus's compassion for the people he meets. So he runs into people that are leading pretty like for the for the, the uh, standards of that day. Mm-hmm. They you're not even supposed to talk to them, right? right? The lepers or the Samaritan not woman, touch right? Yep. You don't like his disciples were really kind of. They were upset that he was talking to the Samaritan woman, and uh, they probably, you know, we don't read it, but I would assume they're probably pretty uncomfortable with him touching lepers, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And so we see that compassion, like, wow, Jesus has compassion on sinners. And then we stop reading there, and are like, well, I can, I guess he'll have compassion on me too. And, and then we live our life based on that. But afterwards, you know, he, he also calls out the Samaritan woman, says exactly what what sin she's committed and he doesn't turn her away but he doesn't he doesn't say like oh, just continue right or the uh, the woman caught in adultery right and said go and sin no more and i think that's a really big 
thing that we have to keep reading into Jesus instead of just assuming, well, he, he has compassion on me. Yeah, the thing is, is you read Jesus in context, and that's what we've done at the Father's House since the inception of the Father's House, which is 21, 22 years ago, is that we read the Gospels, and we start in, in Matthew 1, Matthew, you know, and go just all the way through in, what's it called, linear context, what's it called, line upon line, uh, when we read, oh, what's that yeah, called? Yeah, literary context, yeah. right? So, so when you just always read, you read through the, the Gospels, next, that preach from the Gospels every morning. I think when I got here, my first sermon, you were in John John one or uh, Matthew one, and we're in Matthew twenty six right now. <laughs> Ending it up, yep. So that's pretty cool. And that was twenty uh, seventeen. The t- end of twenty sixteen was my first sermon. That's amazing. And we're wow. still in still Matthew. in Matthew. Matthew oh. for the uh, for the second time, right? right? Second time at the Father's house. Second time for the Father's house. Yeah, and 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 so as you read it in context. Yeah, I think oftentimes we, you know, I've said this before, you want to cherry pick your favorite scriptures and, and bumper sticker them or live them. And the truth is when you read Jesus, line upon line, precept upon precept, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, it causes for a little bit more clarity as to who Jesus was talking to. Mm-hmm. He was really um, very harsh on the lack of holiness that the um, Pharisees and Sadducees, the religious leaders of the time, right. he was brutal with them. And, and when you become a Christian, there's a different standard. So the Samaritan woman wasn't, you know, he told, he corrected her, loved her, then corrected her and basically said, go sin, no, go and sin no more. Yeah. And so, um, I think that's a really important, um, point is that he doesn't let, he, he, he tells them, this is how you should live. You know, you're be in the world, but not of the world. Well, what does that mean? We're in the world, but we shouldn't be of the world. Mm. The, The world should not decide how we live. Jesus should decide how we live. Yeah. So another thing that that was different for me when I saw the Father's House and started listening to the sermons and then really noticed when I got here and, and joined the church, um, one one standard of or reason that we practice holiness doesn't actually have anything to do with me, but it actually has a lot to do with the people around me. Mm-hmm. Um, like when Jesus says it would be, worse for for you to uh i'm i'm gonna blow up the paraphrase here but if you cause somebody else to stumble it'd be better for you to have a millstone millstone. hung around your neck and cast into the sea right yeah and it'd be better for me wow yeah Yeah. so why don't you unpack that a little bit well yeah you know it's probably the highest proof that jesus is telling you not to sin that's good or to cause someone else to sin i listen all the time and i'm i'm just I'm terrified for people sometimes when they when they go and they convince somebody that's okay to drink and then that person becomes an alcoholic or they convince them to be tattooed and they end up getting millions that they are one of those tattoo addicts. Mm -hmm. They just get their whole body covered and it turns out to be covered in. I mean, why do they always go towards skulls and stuff? And it's so weird how. And I, I think, well, if God does not like those two things, drunkenness, which he tells us and. And tattoos, which is not normally seen as the blessing of the body, you know, blessing mm-hmm. of the temple. But, uh, you know, I don't want to be controversially in those things. But when when people, the main thing is when someone encourages someone to do something that may or may not be okay. It's like, aren't you worried about that? I mean, this is pretty clear. Woe to you if you cause one of these to stumble. Wow. Not if you cause a nation to turn aside. Not if you cause a family to go to hell. One you cause these. one of these Just to stumble. One person. Woe to you. And woe is not a word that I want to hear said to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> woe to you. 
It's like, I don't want any woes. <laughs> no woes. I've read about the woes in the Bible, and woes are not a good thing. Hmm. And in fact, when you read them, whoa, it's bad. Whoa. Yeah, whoa. You stop and go, whoa. Whoa, yeah, dude, whoa. you know. And um, it would be better if a millstone were hung around your neck and cast into the sea. You'd be better lost than to be the what's going to happen to you. Stumble. It's just like, this isn't even considered anymore. You yeah. know, people like a young man meets a young girl at a ministry school and then tells her he loves her and woos her into it. Well, we're in love, honey. And then they, it's like, I've heard this story so many times now. And did you marry that man? And did you live a lifetime with him? No, no, we broke up. He used me and dumped me. He said he felt bad sinning like that. And I was the, pro- he couldn't, I was the problem. And he yeah, left. Use, use God. He just, God yeah, told me. God to. told yeah. me. Wow. And it's like, I mean, I've heard that story so how many times. And it's like, done. how much damage has been done? Yeah. How, how many of those young people, both sides, are not even serving the Lord anymore? Mm-hmm. And I'm just, oh, I'm mortified. Like, did you even, did you consider his statement, woe to you, if you cause someone to stumble? You, 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 you kind of damage their faith. Wow. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Wow. We are saved by grace and that through faith. And when you damage someone's faith, you're damaging their ability to be saved, their ability to know God, to walk in his presence. And I'm like, have we not considered this, that someone's watching, someone's following, someone's imitating? I've had many leaders fail me. Hmm. I mean, fail themselves, their wives, have failed their wives, have failed their families. And, you know, it's a tragedy. But not one of them have caused me to quit believing in Jesus because I believe in Jesus. And then Jesus tells me to follow them and I get done. I go, you wanted me to follow them. And, and usually the answer is to see to see what this is like and to make sure that I'm going to walk that same road. I need to know that I'm responsible for the lives I'm, so I'm walking with. And I don't care if it's a brother, a sister, a, a son or a daughter or a father or a mother of spiritual sense, you know. Yeah. I'm responsible for right. how I influence them and how I teach them right and wrong and how I show them the walk, how they, how do I teach them to hear his voice, how I teach them to read his word, how I teach them to trust in him, even in the rain, even when things are going bad, trust in him and do not make others stumble. Do not hurt others faith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, when you pray, pray that the stumbling blocks be removed. Yeah. Yeah. We would, stumbling blocks are a bad thing. And can you imagine being the person placing them? Wow. Wow. I don't think that's a good place to be. And you call yourself a Christian. I want to be hard. the person that loves him with my actions, Moves that my away. actions speak as loud as my words, and that you, I can say to a man, follow me, and I won't let you down. I won't stumble you. I will, I will abstain from everything that might hurt you. If me doing something might, you know, like one guy can do something and another guy, it destroys them. Mm -hmm. And if you influence them to do it and they get destroyed, you stumbled them. Yeah. You did not stand strong. You do not be example to them. And that's holiness. Holiness is being called for a purpose to, to serving a purpose for the kingdom. So good. And that purpose being a, a, um, set apart purpose. It's set apart from the world. And so someone comes to you, they're not closer to the world. Someone walks with you, they're not closer to the world. The world system Vicky was referring to. They are further from it. They are set apart from so the world The more system. they follow you, the closer yeah. they get to Jesus. They, Correct. And, and hopefully, hopefully. When they, if they follow me, they meet him more. They get to know him more. They love him more. 
because they see that I do. And we will love him together and we will talk mm-hmm. about it and we will let him teach us. That's right. Yeah. And they will turn around and do that for someone else. Right. Follow me as I follow Christ. That's You know, that's a be holy as I'm holy. That's a huge undertaking. That's a huge responsibility um, to do that and say, hey, look in my closet, look on my internet, look at my life, right. look at my yeah. children. I'm trying, I'm trying to be holy like he's holy. And absolutely, we miss the mark. You know, abs- you know, Steve and I get mad at each other or, you know, somebody cuts you off in, in traffic, you know, and it's these little things that kind of, un- you, you kind of, you, your flesh rises up. And that happens, but it's like you don't stay there. You don't give excuse for that. But but being someone that other people can follow and saying, I will endeavor to be holy like he is holy is, is like the most important thing. Mm-hmm. It's probably why... Um, there, and a lot of us are suffering from a Christianity that, that doesn't work. Yeah, uh, we don't have peace, somebody pa- else. Yeah, to peace, follow. patience, joy, mm-hmm. all the stuff you're supposed to have. Mm-hmm. The the basket, the fruit basket of, of all the stuff he promises yeah. you. If you don't have that, y- y- I would just suggest you start start reading Jesus. Yeah, I I've been in front of pretty large crowds, and I and I regularly ask, you know, two things: either is your life the best it's ever been, or have you ever experienced a Christian belief in your life where you claim to be a Christian and you would you would say from your point of view that it didn't work for you that it did not work the way it was supposed to I don't think I've ever had a crowd that wasn't 100 percent hand raised because the example in front of us is not Jesus it's these people telling us it's okay to do that yeah oh he's he's okay with this he's okay with that you can believe this and you know this is too hard and he can't expect you to do too hard mm-hmm. and I, I have I have seen this over and over and over. Now I can say, I can take you to a crowd where I can tell you that do you have I can ask them in one place I know, do you have a Christianity that works? And you will see a hundred percent raise their hand. They still have imperfection. They still fall short. They still have disappointment. They don't get everything they ask. And but yet they, in their own words, define it as a Christianity that works because they draw near to Him. Mm. His holiness is theirs. They feel his forgiveness. They're, they are they're moving. Re- they are moving and they have a relationship with him. And in their life, they see that they follow him and they obey him and they listen to him. And that wherever they inadvertently fall, fall away or their selfishness rises up or their temper flares or their, you know, lust, lust comes out, you know, um, just they have these passions arise where they know they have fallen short. They know he's forgiving them. That they that all they must do is bow and say, "Lord, I stumbled." But not an excuse to continue. But not an excuse. To follow no, just, them. But no, they want to please him, and they're most the thing they're most disappointed in is that they displeased him. Not that he might punish them, mm-hmm. but that they did not love him the way he wants to be loved. Yep. Uh, he says, "If you want to know who loves me, look at the one who obeys Obey me. me. Mm-hmm. And if you love me, you will obey. obey me. And if you obey, if you love me, my Father in heaven will love you." Mm-hmm. And uh, John somewhere seven. I'm not you know, good at addresses because I don't I don't sit around memorizing addresses. I yeah. just remember that's about where I read it, mm-hmm. and uh, it's an amazing, amazing philosophy. Mm-hmm. And so we always tell people, you know, come and show us where we're wrong. We want to be right, and if you can show me where I'm wrong, I'm, I want to change. Yeah. And yet, very few because this philosophy coming from the words of Jesus <laughs> that Vicky was just talking about, it will lead you in holiness. You'll you'll read it and go, no bad tree bears good fruit and no good tree bears bad fruit and you go oh my fruit's been bad 
I need to change. And yeah. what does he say about cutting off the uh, vines? You know? Oh, the hands? The yeah. hand, pluck out the eye, cut off the hand. These are oh, all very... Off no, the, no, the, the tree, the, the branch that doesn't oh, bear Oh, fruit. any branch in me that does not bear good it's, fruit. Wait a minute, stop for that. Any branch in me. So if you call yourself a Christian, this would be you. Hmm. Any branch in me, that's, that's me. That's one thing I didn't... I didn't realize before I got here. Me too. It's like, I mean, it's been a revelation before I got here. Um, it's it's like any branch in me, that's Jesus. We're Christians. And if so, if we call, if you're listening and you call yourself a Christian, that's you too. Go ahead. Who does not bear good fruit. Who does not bear good My fruit. My father will cut him off mm-hmm. and throw him uh, aside and someone will come along and put that branch in a fire. That's, that's what that says. Shocking. I mean, like, is anyone reading this? That's shocking. Like, all the time people come to me to tell me I'm wrong, and I say, well, just, expl- okay, so show me your, your philosophy's laid out. Now explain how this verse fits there, or you have to disregard it. Mm-hmm. And then I can come up with five more, you know, like the, the, the virgin bridesmaids, the, the, the uh, slaves of the master who mm-hmm. one was I found forget. working and one wasn't. And uh, I just, how do each of these fit your philosophy? You cannot come up with a story in the Bible that doesn't fit my philosophy. You can find some I'm not doing very well, but it fits my philosophy. It fits my belief. I try very hard to read the Bible and not have anything that I have to say, oh, well, I don't do that. Or yeah. that doesn't fit today's culture. That's right. Or, I've, you know, I, I don't know. I don't believe that. That's actually uh, what I was going to say is, yeah. that, is that we no longer read the New Testament and say, well, we're not going to, we're not, that doesn't really fit 20, 21st century. You got to read it in context and believe that Jesus knew exactly what he was saying. Mm-hmm. And, and he was not a shrinking violet. He said some really harsh, harsh things. Hard. And even in the holiness, even thinking about Ananias and Sapphira in the New Testament. Yeah. yeah those are the, <laughs> the folks that they brought some of the money from their land to Paul, was it? Yep. And, uh, what? Peter. They held Peter. Ba- Peter. Okay. They held yeah, it back. Right. They held back some of it because they and they were being disingenuous. And they said, "This is all of it." They lied. And then he did. Peter didn't even say anything, right? They just, oh, there he goes, fell down on the floor. No, he said something. He said, "What did he say?" He you, said, uh, "When yours, you owned the land, it was yours. yours to do with whatever you wanted. Yeah. But when you say you sold it for this much and oh, only Lord. gave, and really you sold it for that much." You're not lying to the people here. You're lying to the Holy Spirit. Your gift is to God, and you're giving Him a a discounted blessing. The men who are the at the door are the men who will carry you out. And he dropped dead. <laughs> That's right. And That's then the right. wife came in. And he said, "The men who carried your wife, husband out are here to carry you out." She said the same thing. Because she, yeah. he, he said, as well. "Did you sell it for this much?" Oh, oh yeah, yes. that's right. Well, you're lying too to the Holy Spirit, not to us, but the Holy yeah. Spirit. And I mean, that's, that's holiness. Like, like try to fit that in your Christian philosophy <laughs> of anything goes. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's crazy stuff. And then you guys go to the seven letters in, in Revelation. Oh, the Revelation. Those seven letters to the, to the churches, churches. You try to disregard that. I mean, we literally had a guy get mad at us and leave the church, took his whole family. I mean, he, he quit volunteering and everything because one time Jordy preached on the seven letters on Wednesday nights. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, I don't I don't accept the seven letters. I'm like, so you disregard that. For, you have to exit out of the Bible. Yeah. And he basically, his literal answer was yes. And he left, and it was just like, don't go, man. Just stay. Let's work it out. Let's continue to argue this. Let's continue to talk this. Yeah. Let's con- wrestle this truth. Let's get to the truth. If you're right, convince me. Well, if you're thinking about that aiming thing, aiming for the mark, yeah. right. it's always better to have a, somebody else check your aim for you, yeah. right? Yeah. You're, you're sighting your gun or something, and you're, you're like, all right, I think this is I'm, – I'm just a little bit off. You know, ask, ask this person, what do I need to change? Oh, you just adjust this here, adjust that there. All of a sudden, you're hitting the mark. But if you're, 
if you're shooting by yourself and you can't figure out what's going wrong, you kind of need some help, right? Yeah. That's Christianity. It is a team sport. That's cool. I've never heard that before. Christianity is a team <laughs> it's sport. A team I mean, sport. honestly, he talks about the body of Christ, and body of and Christ. It, we are a team sport. And you know, if you're thinking that we just, you know, to just believe in the new old test old new testament new covenant it's not true it's it's the whole the whole the whole bible we we absolutely believe is is a is god's is god speaking to us in yeah, the old covenant we're not god under the old covenant us. go ahead no you uh, uh, god laid out before us is what i was saying. correct mm -hmm. and he, he's the same yesterday today and forever and if you read the old covenant it should probably scare scare you because he like we talked about last week he got rid of a few people and yeah. they were not Obey, obedient but we are under the new covenant of jesus christ and we're under grace and mercy and forgiveness so we shouldn't we as christians find out who the leader of the pack is jesus christ and live like he did and he said in the, all the way through the new covenant and even the old testament it's like be holy yeah be holy do the right thing when no one's looking mm -hmm. you know be genuine you know the, in my opinion being a christian as long as i have the travesty i see and it breaks my heart it just gives people liberty to continue to sin because yeah. they don't know what Jesus says. Mm -hmm. It's like study to show yourself approved. Do not take my 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 word for it, Steve's word for it, or your word for it, or your pastor's word for it. Read Jesus in context. I mean, we are we are like a broken record. It's Jesus. It's who who is our Lord. He was totally holy. He never sinned. He was tempted beyond belief. You know that Satan tempted him, and all the way through the New Te Covenant, New Testament, it's just a incredible illuminated way of how to live and be mm. holy. Yeah. Yeah. And what the sadness is is that this half-hearted idea towards sin, to not be serious Good. about sin, to not look to repent, to not look to aim at the target and you know it what it causes is a person to find a christianity that doesn't work and then they drift Water from down. it and they end up stating something that well i believe in jesus christ but there's no evidence in their life there's no mm -hmm. fruit on their tree and it's like you tell them your soul is in danger and you turn back to your the, testimony yeah. who wants to follow you yeah. who right. wants and who wants to know about you jesus because you exactly. believe and look what it does for you yeah you know you're miserable not that you don't have everybody has bad things happen to them but one person is totally miserable from those bad things and another one just is not mm -hmm. still has great faith and great love and steadfastness strength and there's you know they what they become is they become the branch that gets cut off with no fruit they mm -hmm. become the goats in the sheeps and goats story they become the laodiceans and spewed from his mouth for being lukewarm they become those who are a branch in him of bridesmaid with an empty lamp they become the servant who didn't do serve the farm didn't serve the uh, vineyard. So many illustrations. They become all of these illustrations, and there are so many we haven't even come close. I just preached on six in a row of these parables that say this exact thing, that, that you live a Christianity that works, and you end up being that person full of energy. I want to go serve. I love Jesus. What can I do for him? What do I get to do for him? Mm-hmm. And then when you have this mediocre thing where you kind of excuse sin or you give into it and it becomes this unholiness in your life, you kind of gravitate towards lukewarmness. You kind of gravitate towards away from passion, away from a, a great love for him That's right. or feeling his love until you have a Christianity that doesn't work, that causes other people to look at your Christianity and not want it. And in the end, when the sheeps and the goats are separated, 
when the, when the nations are called together, when what Paul says, be not deceived, every one of us will stand before the judgment seat of Christ give and give account for what we did with our belief. You're going to be one of those. And I may too, but I'm working really hard not to be. Mm. And I don't mean works working. I mean heart working. Yeah, I good. am loving working. I am, I am, I every day remind myself of the privilege to know him. Look around you. How many people don't know him? Wow. And I get to? Yeah. They could. They could. And please, Lord, help me to reach them. Yeah, amen. But to just go and satisfy my own self, live in my own unholiness, they don't have a chance. I'm the, I could be the only chance they only have. Only Jesus they see. I could be the only Jesus they see. And that's, pretty, that's a pretty stark thing to understand. Yeah. When you live in a place like we live yeah. here, yeah. it becomes a little bit easier to see that than uh, kind of living in, in the suburbs. Or where you don't, mm-hmm. When you don't see, when you just see like a panhandler on the side of the street, we kind of live where the panhandlers actually live. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so we see that. Like this is, this is the actually the end of the road like i know where this road ends this road of unbelief and and it ends here and so it's really a good motivation to say no i do want to pursue holiness i do want to preserve my testimony i do want to have a christianity that works that people will see and it'll be different it'll be uncommon and they want to follow me right and not just because i can say well look i got somebody to follow me but for their sake that they're not in agony soul and spirit you know I think, I think, you know, sometimes we'll, as we were doing uh, counseling for young adults, the question, this is, this is a question they ask, how, clo- how close to the line can we get with their relationship with their boyfriend or girlfriend? Mm-hmm. It's like, isn't that the wrong question? Totally. Yeah, I was isn't it how, that, isn't that like yeah. when you're so close to the line and you reach over, you fall on yeah, your side? You always hear about the people trying to take selfies at the Grand Canyon. And, yeah, you're about you know, ready once to Once a year they fall over. And yeah, and it's the wrong question. It's like, how, how far away from the line can we get? You know, I want in my relationship with my girlfriend, in my relationship with my boyfriend, I want to be holy and I don't want to cause the millstone for her or I. And mm. the, the, the question is, how far away from the line can we get? And yeah. that's my um, motive, motive is like, how far away from the world's line can I get? Yeah. I want to be holy like he's holy. And yet the Father says, we actually say it's kind of like we have a holy freedom. We live an incredibly free, joyous life. Joyous life. Following free, the words of Jesus. And, and it's like, you know, and we've had some things go on, and, and, you know, like we laughed at about the beginning about Orville. And in our personal life, since we, in the last five years, we've had a lot of things go on. But we have joy, unspeakable joy, because of Jesus Christ. And what he has already authored for us, we can kind of follow in his wake. And mm. t- we're pointing at his at his wake. That's right. Not at, like, a, like a death wake, but and a w- wake yeah, in, the, like, in the boat. Like he's in the boat. In yeah. the boat. That's right. And yeah. if you'll let me, the, the, the foundation of this life that works, and here's, a f- here's something every person listening can hear. Write it down. It's a very quick Stop little statement. Stop the car statement. first. Yeah, and absolutely. Go back and listen later and write it down. Yeah. This is the foundational principles. Once you've received Jesus into your life and given your life to him to use, pray this daily and watch how it changes your life. Pray it. State it. Tell yourself it in the mirror. I'm owed nothing. I deserve nothing. I owe him everything. That's right. 
and I get to work for Jesus. I get to be used in the labor of the vineyard in the kingdom. I get to. It's a, such a privilege. It's like, choose me, choose me. Who's going to go do this huge job of building this church in this neighborhood? Who's going to go try to reach these people? Who's going to do this labor? Choose me, choose me. Mm-hmm. When you have a, I get to work for Jesus, Who's going to pastor this church? Who's going to do all the work? Who's going to vacuum the church? And who's going to, you know, clean the parking lot? Choose me. Choose me, Jesus. Can I? Uh, when you have an I'm owed nothing, I deserve nothing, I owe him everything, and I, get, and I love the privilege of getting to work for him. It's like you start to daydream at night. What else could I do that would help the kingdom grow, that would help others get to know him and give their life to him? So that he could bless their life. So they could begin to have a Christianity that works. The foundation of a Christianity that works is all Jesus. The word of God. Him being the Christ, the Son of the living God. Living on what he says. But then the, the, the beginning foundation of this versus other types of Christianity. Ones that work versus ones that don't. Is that, that truth. I owed nothing. I deserve nothing. I owe him everything. And he lets me work for him. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. He could use rocks and stones that would do a better job, but he chooses to use me. I get to. And if you could come anywhere near that philosophy, then there is no money. There's no time. There's no energy. No honey. There's no honey out there that'll take you away from him. Nothing right. can turn you aside from him. If you can develop this belief that you owe him everything and that maybe he'll let you work for him. Mm-hmm. And, and then you'll be volunteering for everything. And when you get to, you'll say, choose me, and he will choose you. That's what I was going to say, actually, at the Father's House. We're a church of probably um, 300, maybe, yeah, um, on, a good, on a good day, in the day. sun rising, and, and you know, the moon is in the seventh house. Um, however, <laughs> um, the moon is in the seventh house, and Jupiter lies when with the Mars. Moon is that a song? Is in yeah, the I actually don't know that, don't know that The one. Fifth Dimension? No, and Jupiter. I usually know their song. Do, yeah. know this one. We, we, for this for the radio audience, mostly we always have a song. Um, <laughs> if you come to the Father's house, and our pers- I was just thinking about when they get when you live when you read the words of Jesus and act upon them, and and get the truth of I mowed nothing, I deserve nothing, I get to work for Jesus. He owes you know I owe him everything. We have so many volunteers that will give their life away. When we have we have citywide project citywide events that we have. What do we have? Eight thousand people at the mud run one yeah. year. Um, our people are out there. Like I just went to the uh, yard sale. They're out there on their own time, giving their life away because you want to be. You want to give your life away, mm-hmm. and it's not because you have to. It's because you get to. And so we go to churches of, of, of four thousand, five thousand, and our percentage of uh, volunteers is higher than churches of four or five thousand they have to hire all these people because people are having the revelation when they read jesus and to be holy they're having a revelation of who that makes them mm-hmm. it clears the field yeah. it clears the confusion yeah we have roughly 100 people like doing ministry continually 100 yeah. percent. Yeah. yeah it's amazing yeah and i'd like to say that the song uh, age of aquarius uh we do not we do not endorse we, don't it. we do no. not endorse no, no, it no, not by the views of the no, father's we, house we church. just tend to sing, sing whenever a phrase is sung that reminds us of an old song from our childhood we just sing we it just blurt it out yeah, yeah. well we uh, if by you go no back means to listen it. to any of our other podcasts 
it usually ends up being some, some really strange song strange. that has nothing to do with yeah. what we're talking Lola about. Lola and they'll stone you if you yeah. want to, what you know, Yeah, last alone. time it was uh, in the Get Stoned the by Bob Dylan. So uh, yeah, they, yeah, a boy named Sue. I mean, we do some really, it's, it's probably where our really, our unsanctified side comes through. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, if yeah. it's only in, in old rock songs, rock then that's songs. probably okay. Yeah, yeah. But we don't and endorse their message. No, they're not old. the age of Aquarius. We're not in four square behind that. <laughs> okay. Good. It's not the age of Aquarius. It's the age it of Jesus Christ. The age of Jesus Christ. We do not look to the stars, <laughs> right? Right. We look to Jesus. He Great. Is our, he is our star. Well, before we break out into any more songs, oh I think boy. that's probably a good good time to to end it. It's been really good. I think this is a great first show for people Welcome. to really get a taste great of the Uncommon talk. Truth yeah. on uh, on na- Nationwide Radio. I'm so excited. Yeah. And, uh, of course, we always have a lot of people, tons of people listening on podcasts. We love you, too. So we're we're really excited about that. And, uh, Can sticker- they watch it on YouTube? So they're, they're in their car, and they're really excited because my voice is so wonderful. Yeah, it's so And they're engaging. like, I can't believe it. What does she look like? They can see it on YouTube yeah, as well? Yeah, so you can search up fa- uh, Father's House Oroville on YouTube. And uh, I, I'm going to get to the rest of the ways you can connect with the podcast and the Father's House uh, in a little bit. And we've got some messages from some of our sponsors. Oh, really? So we've got sponsors now. We it's do? Pretty cool. yeah, oh, we're yeah. Pretty big. Pepsi? Oh, no. No, no. No. Um, some other ones. Not not <laughs> quite as big as Pepsi. But, no. Life yeah. Recovery Ministries. Well, you're, you're, yeah, you're brought to us by Mountain Dew today, right? Well, yeah, Mountain Dew Diet. Mountain Di- Dew. Diet Mountain Dew. Taco of us, Bell. If any of us had a big spot on our shirt. You went on YouTube. You could probably see that. Did one of us have yeah. a big spot? It was. Oh, I don't want to. If if one of us had a huge spot on their shirt with a black shirt, yeah, right you, there. Yeah, you'd probably be able to see it. Your right toothpaste. Now. But it, it probably yeah. it probably faded, so you'd have to look at the beginning of the video. <laughs> yeah. and, and okay, you guys. Face. So what I did is I have this really nice black shirt on, and it was clean this morning. As soon as I was leaving, I, I was talking to my son, and my toothbrush fell on my on my shirt. So there was a white, you know, you can't get toothpaste out of uh, this, out of your me. black shirt. So I came into the broadcast because I knew YouTube was going to be there, you guys. And I decided to go in the bathroom and take soap to it. And so what became a small spot became a huge spot. Huge spot. So that's me. So thank God for the microphone in front of me. Yeah. So tune in to, to our chest. YouTube channel. Yeah. If <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to say that. That's just me. I'm unfiltered. Two of us yawn while one of us is talking, and then we can you yeah, can do that. You That's usually the motivation. Radio, get that part out. <laughs> you should know we're never we're never edited. We no, just come uncut. I am unfiltered. So, well, thank you guys so much. Have a great day. It's been my pleasure it's hanging wonderful. out with you, and uh, and we'll get episode seven uh, 70 in the books awesome hey have a great day amen